This is the Warm Springs program on KWSO. You may have noticed the old commissary building behind the post office is sitting a little higher this week in preparation for the building to move to the corner of Paiute Avenue and Highway 26. The Warm Springs Community Action Team plans on renovating the building for use as a small business incubator. Chris Watson is the Community Action Team's Executive Director. So the commissary project is something that we generated Uh, the community action team generated uh, in partnership with the tribe, uh, in particular with Lonnie Macy and the tribe's planning department. A little background before that, though, is that when I worked at ANA, I had the opportunity to go to some projects, including one at Standing Rock, which was a small business incubator, and learned a lot about what to do and maybe what not to do in a small biz incubator project. Uh, very useful information. Um, I wasn't sure if that was exactly a solution here in Warm Springs. I thought that that was something that the community should come to. Um, And it was a lot of conversations with tribal leaders like Lonnie Macy and the tribe's planning department. And um, we thought about what the tribe had been trying to do for years with different buildings. One of the buildings that we were interested in initially to have a small business incubator was the old elementary school. We thought there's a lot of classrooms, and those classrooms could become little businesses, right? You could put a cell phone store in one, or you could put a barber shop in another, or, you know, a general store, something like that. You could do things in that space. We put in a request before the Tribal Council in 2015, I think, late 2015, and they didn't approve that request. They had other ideas about what to use for that building. So we were looking around for potential buildings to use. And there weren't that many buildings to put it in, actually. And what was happening at that particular time is that the tribe and the Bureau of Indian Affairs were working on how to uh, handle the land issues that they'd had with uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs controlled land on campus um, that the tribe wanted. They wanted the land, and they were open to having the buildings, but almost all the buildings had lead-based paint and asbestos in them. And I think the Bureau of Indian Affairs would have been very happy to give the tribe all these buildings completely loaded with lead-based paint and asbestos, but the tribe thought, no, that's not fair. You know, we're not going to take these buildings back, which are going to cost more to fix um, than it would be to just scrap them. So eventually, in 2017, I think it was, there was an agreement between the tribe and the Bureau that the Bureau would scrap, would pay to scrap all the buildings. And uh, we, the community action team, thought, well, maybe we could use one of these buildings. Maybe there's one that doesn't have a lot of lead-based paint and asbestos in it. And we looked very carefully. There are also size requirements. You know, if you're going to have retail space and co-working office space, which was a plan for us in the commissary with conference room space, you can't have it in a small building, like a 2,000 square foot building. You need something bigger than that, at least 5,000 square feet maybe. And that's about how big the commissary building is. It also turned out that the commissary was the single building that had the least lead-based paint and asbestos in it. So in late 2017, uh, with the cooperation of the tribe and with a lot of partners helping us, we worked with tribal council and got a resolution that gave us a 10-year lease on that commissary building from uh, December, um, I'm sorry, January 1st, 2018 through 
um, December 31st, 2027, and we're renegotiating that lease right now so that we can gain control of the building and the plot of land on which the commissary will go for a longer period of time, up to 25 years. Um, an important thing to, to remember about this, though, is that the tribe in 1974 said, we want to preserve the commissary building. There was a tribal council resolution saying, we want to preserve, I think the resolution had nine different buildings in it. And all of those buildings except the commissary got scrapped. So the commissary was the last of those historic buildings. In 2012, the tribe had a strategic infrastructure plan. And that plan, they said that they wanted to create a small business incubator. So we thought, okay, with the commissary project, if the tribe gives us this building, we can kind of kill three birds with one stone. We can preserve the building historically, we can move the building, and we can create a small biz incubator with it. And in conversations with community members, we got a lot of feedback. There were some that said, don't use it for a small biz incubator, use it for a dog shelter or, or something like that. They had all kinds of different ideas, but most folks supported the idea of having a small business incubator in the commissary. And so we moved forward with it. We had some great partners get involved in the prog project. One, uh, Hacker Architects got in very early and offered to do pro bono architecture, uh, architectural design work. Uh, they brought in Walker Macy, a landscape architect that agreed also to do the landscape architecture and another company called DCW, which did complete cost estimates, which enabled us then to start reaching out to funders like the Oregon Community Foundation, Business Oregon, and others so that we could start raising the money for it because we knew this would be a two or three or even more million dollar project to do a small business incubator with a historic building, a food cart pod with outdoor pavilion, and a commercial kitchen that would provide community members with opportunities to make value-added food. Essentially, we took a building that was a building that was had not been used since 1998. We knew that this building hadn't been used since 1998 because when we looked through it initially, we found a box of minute rice with an expiration date in 1998 on it. So from that, we surmised that yes, this building has been vacant for a long time. And uh, we went in there and we found things like Commodore 64 computers and dot matrix printers and some really old equipment, IBM Selectric typewriter. Uh, this building had been used by the tribe's natural resources department up until 1998, we later learned. But then it had been pretty much empty. And the only folks that had lived in there um, not folks, but there had been a large group of cats that were living in there, feral cats, uh, for a while. We actually found some of those when we uh, cleaned out the building. The building was, when we first got it, pretty gross inside. In 2018, the Warm Springs Community Action Team was invited to participate in a cohort of tribes. There were actually four different tribal groups involved, three from Montana and then us, to study our economies, to study the respective economies of, of these tribes. And we learned a lot during that study. Um, we had Karina Miller working on that primarily as the lead uh, researcher and also Marissa Ahern involved in that quite a bit, with quite a bit of assistance from tribal leaders as well, helping us to gather information. And what did we learn? We learned a lot. Some things we already knew. We already knew that there was about a 50% real unemployment rate. 
The unemployment, the official unemployment rate is somewhere in the 20% area, but there's a lot of people that aren't actively seeking work. So at a lot of times of year, particularly the colder months, um, it's about a 50% real unemployment rate. Um, that varies from year to year. Um, during the summer season, of course, when there's fire crews and those kinds of things, more people are employed. Um, the loss of the Kanita Resort, that not working anymore, and the closing of the mill uh, resulted in a lot of job loss as well. COVID-19 has also slowed the economy here, just as it slowed tribal economies and economies everywhere, right? We learned that um, the rate of retail leakage here is really high, and that's not a surprise. There's only 12 retail brick-and-mortar businesses here in Warm Springs. Um, every so often a new one springs up, every so often one closes, but over the last several years that I've been here, it's been 12 to 14 businesses, brick-and-mortar retail shops that have been open. And they don't really provide all the needed services for community members. And what that means is that people have to go elsewhere to buy the things they need, to buy groceries, for example, to buy most of the supplies that they need to get through life. And what we discovered is the rate of retail leakage is about 90%. That means that nine out of every $10 that people are earning here in Warm Springs is spent off-reservation, in off-reservation communities like Madras, Redmond, Bend, or Sandy. Dustin Saylor is part of the Warm Springs Community Action Team. He talks about what the Warm Springs business economy could look like. I'd have to say that it, it is a good mix of tribally owned versus small business, tribal member owned enterprises that encompasses all the different industries. There's just a huge potential for agriculture businesses. I mean, if you just take that alone and you look like the hemp, for example, we would be set for life if we were able to jump in on that, not only the growing and the harvesting, but then the manufacturing side with all the different things that you could produce with hemp. It's astonishing. Um, and, and it would help us be more self-sufficient. Um, but also, you know, you, you have to have, you want to have lots of other industries. You want to, you want to have diversity and everything. So, you know, we, we need retail. There's a few more retail shops. There's laundromats and arts and craft stores. I think that's such a huge thing here that we're not even, we're not even dusting off the surface of the opportunity that they have with Highway 26 coming right down the middle of Warm Springs and over 8,000 people a day on average, and then twice as much on your really busy days, there's just so much potential. Um, and I think, you know, there's the tech industries that are just been booming around this country, and we have yet to take advantage of that. And all they need is land, a little bit of water, and a good building. And that's easy for us if we just focus on that. And then on the tribal side, to keep them going, they simply need to step back and reduce the red tape, reduce the amount of steps that have to be taken to get this business going, and they could just sit back and collect a fee for registrations, maybe even charge a 1% tax on all sales. You know, your hotel, then there's a lodging fee, a tribal tax that gets associated, 5%. There's so much that could be going on here.
Saylor shares his thoughts about how critical the Small Business Incubator Project is for the community. The Small Business Incubator Project is going to be located in the old commissary building that will be moving from behind the post office to the corner of Highway 26 and Paiute Avenue next week. Folks do not have the opportunities to develop their skills and to grow those skills from you know the earlier age like other folks do off the reservation. The commissary is going to be a place for that. People are going to be able to come in and pay pretty reduced amount for rent and they're going to have a great building that's you know bug free. All the electrical outlets are going to work. We're going to have internet connection and all the power they need and it's going to be an opportunity for them because they're in a great location right next to the highway um, there's so many folks here that want businesses that are more retail, what they consider retail operations. So you need that exposure. You need a really good location, and you want some foot traffic. And that's what the commissary is going to offer. Um, and along with everything else, you know, you're going to have a cafe to where you could do meetings in a conference room also with a nice big screen TV that, you know, you can have these video conferences. Because that's kind of the way that things are going to be shifting here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the new norm is these video conferences because it's so much cheaper. We can sit there and have this, you know, confidential meeting and we don't have to travel. It's cutting expenses. And it's always an issue with certain businesses, the expenses of doing business. You know, it just has to happen. You want to reduce them. So it's just that meeting place is also a great thing. I, I think that when you get enough businesses in one area, it's, it's like a, a domino effect. It starts to reverberate out in the community. And all you need is like one or two good solid businesses that employ enough people with good pay. And then because of that, you have more money sitting in the community. And then, hey, now this ice cream shop is more viable. That can happen. And we might be able to do it year-round as opposed to just summer. So then they're keeping another family fed. You're keeping another family off whatever welfare system or off, you know, living in poverty. And it just, it just begins to this cycle. So there's just so much opportunity for that, you know, and, and if we get the food cart in, food cart pod like we're talking about, there you got good food, you got a good selection. That's more of a reason for folks from the outside to stop. They're pouring more money in, they're bringing more of that, you know, money to cycle around, and it's just, it's a huge benefit to everybody. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's really huge for that, for that development and growth. Starla Green is part of the Warm Springs Community Action Team. She currently is the manager of the Warm Springs Commissary Project, as well as the Twisted TP Food Cart. She is uniquely qualified to understand how a small business incubator project could help the local economy. These last two years running that business and creating a business and how difficult that one small business is, I mean, that's just a tiny little piece. But also being a, a totally private small business and operating my own private business for the last several years um, and knowing how difficult it is. And obviously the economy, um, it's hard to basically break even um, in a business because it depends on the overhead for your business. And then so the economy overall for the tribe, I know how difficult it's going to be. Um, and I believe the tribe needs to let go of some of the red tape and allow not only the tribal members or the business, and even the rules and regulation within the tribal organization allow us to go into the ecotourism, the, the actual tourism social outside within the reservation and utilize the land that we got. It is sitting out there dormant. It is, there is so many opportunities that could be made 
but unfortunately the regulations within the tribal organization is not allowing it to happen. Um, that's just a very small bit, but also the red tape in allowing a private person or tribal member to get through the red tape, a brick and mortar, set up your own, we don't have the space, we don't have the infrastructure. Um, people have the desire and the want to. There is grants and programs available and, and support systems there, but the tribe is not supporting that. The tribe needs to let those boundaries down and cut that tape and allow us to happen, let, let us do it, and because we, it's, it's available, just let us try. Green talks about how the community action team has relied on input from the local community to guide their plans for creating a small business incubator program that will be housed in the renovated commissary building, which will be moved from behind the post office next week to the corner of Highway 26 and Paiute Avenue. I believe it started when several, within the last several years, and unfortunately, and it's been several decades, these same questions have been asked repeatedly over and over 30, 40 years. What does the people want to hear? It's always same or similar answers. Laundromats, barbershops, groceries, gas stations, the basic needs that everybody outside the boundaries reservation has, but we don't. Why keep asking the same questions? You're going to get the same answers. So we need to, community driven, this is what they want. And so at least the community action team at least is doing our best to respond back to what we properly can. Okay, we're gonna try at least, let's start small, okay? Food food service, okay, we got a little bitty food cart, we got a coffee a station. So, you know what, we've proved that. We can do it without any assistance from the tribe. We gotta, we gotta work at it and find other resources. So we did that, and so now we're, we have took on a challenge of, okay, let's do it, let's one more step. So they actually released, the, the obviously, the building, BIA and tribe released the building to us to allow the commissary. So now give us opportunity to build some more business. Now, not only, the organization itself, but opening the doors to community members who want to start just a private business or try to attempt to start their own business. And we will support them and push them and give them the tools in the space um, to allow them to do that. And so this is where projecting this project to hopefully look like and, hope, and help them to be successful. We have brought in other or developed partnerships with other individuals outside um, the tribal or in, actually a tribal organization, but within a state that are, I mean, nonprofit organizations or people who are supporting us any way from, I mean, helping us get online services, support service, even how to run our, our, um, our point of sale systems, how to run registers, how to do on sale, online sales. I mean, even support systems, how to do inventory and books and on, um, so many different things that we have built partnerships over the last few years that I've learned a lot, um, and hopefully now I can turn around and you know, at least learn or share my knowledge and experiences with future small business entrepreneurs. That's Starla Green of the Warm Springs Community Action Team talking about the Small Business Incubator Project on the Warm Springs Program. I'm Sue Matters reporting for 91.9 FM KWSO.